2: Second show of the week. That's right. Second show of the week. Patrick Johnson show. Third show for me. Well, no. Fourth show for me this week so far. But sec, because we worked. We labored on Labor Day. Did we not Philip the Ref Pilkington?
3: We did. We did.
2: We labored on Labor Day. Uh, Sonny H- Sunholder was great. If you didn't uh, catch yesterday's show, go back on the IBX Media app. You should download the IBX Media app anyway. We've had a bunch of downloads in the last week because with football season coming and all of our great programming, people want to hear it. So if you've not downloaded the IBX Media app, you need to go to the uh, App Store or Google Play and do that right now. It is absolutely free. There are no pre-roll commercials. When you click on your favorite station, it's a couple, two, three buttons at the most you're, you're punching on your screen and uh you're good to go at that point so uh that's what i would say uh you need to do i would like you to do at least uh we have a great show planned for you today uh we're gonna have our houston huddle every tuesday during the ecu football season coach mike houston joins us for a conversation about pirate football last year that conversation shifted uh to being live in the mornings on talk of the town Uh, with Henry and myself, and then we re-air that uh, here on Tuesday afternoons. So that's where we are with that right now, Uh, and uh, it's worked out very, very well. So we'll play that for you here in just a few minutes in case you missed it this morning. Very latest on the uh, Pirates from Coach Houston. And, of course, I had the privilege again of sitting in with uh, Stephen Igo and uh, talking to Coach Houston last night on uh, the uh, Inside Pirate Athletics radio show as East Carolina and uh, Marshall get ready to play on Saturday. Speaking of which, Keith Morehouse, you know Keith, uh, has commentated on Marshall games uh, for many, many years. Uh, He's a sports anchor up in the Huntington, West Virginia market and a great friend uh, to us and our program. Uh, So Keith Morehouse, whose father uh, tragically uh, died on that plane crash back in 1970 when the Marshall football team left uh, North Carolina to fly home. After uh, playing East Carolina, Uh, Keith uh, is going to be in Greenville this weekend. He'll in fact, uh, he'll be stopping by our Fort Game Day 2.0 location. And uh, we're looking forward to having uh, Keith then. But we're going to talk to him this afternoon about uh, Marshall and uh, the goings on with the Thundering Herd football program. We'll hear from some pirate players in our pirate report as well. So we have a full docket to get to. I don't want to dilly-dally, but I got to say this, uh, Pilk. Uh, Duke last night knocks off Clemson. I stayed up till halftime. Uh, and then when the... Uh, when I got up this morning to get all the work done to get the day going, uh, you know, ESPN replays a game usually at night, like in the wee hours, like overnight hours in the morning and pre-dawn hours. And they consolidate it. So if you... They take out a lot of the mumbo-jumbo and nonsense, right? So I got to watch the second half and really see the quintessential plays from about the 12-minute mark in the third till the game was over and saw everything. And, I mean, I, the, my take on it is this, and we're going to, I think, have Joe Gillio on, on maybe tomorrow uh, along with Doug Martin. But uh, my take on it was I believe that Duke... Athletically was right there with Clemson. There was not Clemson did not out athlete the Blue Devils last night, it, and, and that's pretty amazing if you think about it.
3: Yeah, I think so. There was a lot of great coverage downfield from the Duke uh, secondary. Duke looked very good. I think uh, running the football as well as they were getting more separation. I think their receivers than Clemson's receivers. Which you know everybody's going to talk about. You know, the mistakes Clemson made, but Duke made some too. You know, they muffed a punt, which led to the only Clemson points. They turned the ball over late in the first half, and they could have easily had a field goal. So, obviously, I'm Duke biased, but um, to your point, I think they were were ready for the test athletically as well as mentally. And I do have one thing that is surprising me more than the Duke-Clemson game right now, and this is for a video audience only. Patrick has had the leg lamp forever, but for the first time, he's got it turned on behind him. You can see it all the way up and down Cleveland Street. The leg lamp <laughs> is on. I love it, Patrick.
2: It's it's usually on. It hadn't been on in a while, but uh, we've turned the leg portion of the leg lamp from *A uh, Christmas Story* uh, on today. So uh, there you go. Uh, a great gift from uh, Jill a few uh, weeks or a few months ago. Uh, yeah, a year or so ago, I believe it was. And look, I you know we do I do a lot of zooms for um you know games cuz you know, that's how we do a lot of these coaches and player meetings now before broadcast is via Zoom. And uh there is a lot of uh it's a conversation starter pilk. It's a conversation starter.
3: I like I'll it. Say and that. it. And it makes it honestly makes me and uh Michael's job easier we know whether or not we've lost connection with you because we can see the little tethers there on the edge of the lamp moving so if you're sometimes you you can sit very still for those of you who have not seen Patrick I've never seen a man who can sit as still as him and we can know whether or not he's frozen thanks to the the leg lamp so it actually makes our job easier too
2: all right. Well, there you have it. Uh, hopefully, no freezing up Yeah, ho- at the home studios today. Um, all right. Let's uh, go ahead and get into our uh, Houston huddle from this morning. Uh, Healthwise Pharmacy is our Houston huddle sponsor this year, and the Houston huddle is brought to you by Healthwise Pharmacy. Healthwise is a full-service pharmacy serving all of your healthcare needs, including retail prescriptions, Medications, durable medical equipment, in-home infusions, as well as infusions in their infusion suite. That's located at 615 B South Memorial Drive in Greenville. Healthwise Pharmacy brings you the Houston Huddle, and let's uh, bring that to you right now.
4: Yeah, let's just give a short recap of where you feel the team is after the first week we all heard you last night on the coaches show, but a lot of our listeners may not have heard kind of your analysis of, of how that game went. What are your thoughts after Saturday?
5: Well, I think, uh, there's lots of positives. Uh, there's lots of things to improve on. Um, you know, we, we, we made some of the mistakes I was concerned about making, uh, against a, maybe the most talented team in the country. And, uh, you know, and they took advantage of those, and and that uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's what kept us from you know, having a shot at winning the game. Uh, but uh, you know, I think uh, you know the kids are very motivated coming out of the game. Uh, uh, we had an excellent Sunday. Uh, they were all around the facility yesterday on a day off, just you know, getting extra work in, getting film in, and uh, I expect us to have a great week of practice. And uh, they're excited about the home opener. They're excited about being back inside Daddy Ficklin.
0: Uh, I,
4: I've, I was giving my analysis earlier, having been there and having watched it in person. I thought that the defense was outstanding most of the day. They gave up one or two runs. I think the, uh, their star running back had one run for about 37 yards. If you take that away, it was really a pretty daggone impressive day against one of the top running backs and offensive lines in the country, I thought. D- do you agree with that?
5: Well, it's, it's their lowest rushing total since twenty twenty one. Wow. Uh and so uh you know, I, I I think we we played the run pretty good at times. Uh you know, the two plays that the the thirty seven yarder you're mentioning right there, I mean that's that's us. I mean, we made the mistake. Uh we should have had a guy sitting right there and uh we misfit it. Uh but that's that's what they do. You know, you miss you misfit one play and that's what happens because you know, they they're gonna they're gonna pick it up and they're gonna take advantage of it and uh so you know, outside of two runs, I thought uh, we played the run pretty well Saturday. Um, you know, I, th- I thought we 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 had like two two busts in the secondary. Really, you know, we didn't play the pass that bad. Now McCarthy, I'll tell you, he's he, he's I thought he was really good coming in the game. Uh, he's he's better than I thought. I mean, he's they are they are they're a better football team this year than they were last year, and they were a dang good football team last year. So. Um, you know, it's, there's no more victories though. I mean, that's, we're, we're zero and one, you know, we've got to, right. we got to, we got to regroup and, and find a way to win this week. But, uh, you know, there are some positives coming out of that game.
4: Well, you just couldn't get any pressure on McCarthy because they, they've got an NFL offensive line,
5: <laughs> right? Well, and they were, and they were using seven man protection, yeah. which, uh, you know, both of us were, I mean, it's, uh, you didn't have a single sack in the game. Uh, so. Um, you know that, at, but you know at the end of the day, you know we got we got to do a better job getting after the passer this week.
4: I know Patrick's got some questions for you, but I do want to ask you about the offense and um, and the quarterback situation. Um, you kind of called it on on in in, a, in the beginning. You had said that you know first game jitters were going to be a problem. It looked like Mason Garcia came out there with that and was a little tentative. And then Alex Flynn had the opportunity to kind of sit back and watch, which I've always been told helps a quarterback. And when when Mason came back in after he had that opportunity to stand on the sideline and calm down and watch the flow of the game a little bit, he came back and he looked a lot more poised, I thought.
5: Yeah, I mean, I I thought, you know, it's almost like, you know, know, Mason just was not quite uh, as aggressive as we want him to be in the first quarter. Um, And then, in the second quarter, I thought Alex did a really good job. And then you flip it, I thought that Alex, um, you know, had some decisions that, uh, you know, needed to be a little bit more aggressive there in the third quarter. And then Mason comes back in and, you know, finishes the third and plays the fourth and, and, and did not have, you know, one, you know, mental mistake or anything like that and threw the ball with uh, with authority. And so, you know, we just got to gotta get those guys, you know, settled down and, um, you know, Got, got to operate better from the beginning. I mean, that's the end of the day. We got we got to we got to play better from the beginning, right there. But there's just like our team. There's some positives that they can both take out of that game, and there's some areas that they can really improve on.
2: ECU head football coach Mike Houston uh, joining us here on the radio. We always appreciate coaches time every Tuesday, uh, coach. It was great to have uh, Rajay Harris back after uh, last season's knee injury uh, how did you think rajay performed and uh, what was how was he feeling afterwards um he's feeling really
5: good um you know health wise he's fine uh you know I, I thought he uh did some really good things in the run game i thought he did some really good things in pass protection uh you know he held up against those big linebackers uh when michigan did pressure and uh and really did a good job protecting the quarterbacks and so uh, I, I think it was a solid first game back for him.
2: Also, had some other uh, nice performances from uh, the running backs, and I thought for his first uh, college game, uh, Bond really, really uh, kind of he looked like sort of a seasoned veteran at times out there for you.
5: Well, I think I think he, he's he looked like the same kid we saw since we've since he got here, and it's he the stage was not too big for him. And uh, he is one that uh, you know the, the the size of the stadium and the fans and all that you know did, had no impact on him. You know, he he looked like he belonged out there. So uh, real pleased with his first game out. And you know we got to be careful because uh, you know coaches and fans are the worst in the world to you know anoint somebody you know after a, a limited <laughs> right. uh, you know limited exposure. So you know he's got to we, we got to see what he does this week. And uh, you know hopefully he continues to. Uh, to get comfortable and, and look like the, the player I think he can be.
2: And then just one more thing. I think it was uh really great news uh, on what was a really unfortunate call at the time, Jack powers tossed from the game for, for targeting as the officials put it. And then uh, the NCA re- overturned that pretty quickly. So he will not miss the first half of the Marshall game. And that obviously helps the pirates against the thundering herd greatly.
5: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, it's, you know, there was a guy sliding his feet. He was trying to dodge, you know, getting chopped down by that guy. The quarterback's coming right at him. He put his hands out trying to trying to avoid, um, you know, making contact with him, you know, in the head-neck area. Uh, and, you know, live, uh, it looked worse than when you look at the video, but that's the reason you have replay. Uh, and mm-hmm. so it's unfortunate that he was uh, ejected last week, but uh, we are fortunate that it got overturned and uh, the correct call was, was made to reinstate him.
4: Coach, I I hate uh, to complain about officials. I really do, but I mean, they, I don't I don't get how they can review stuff and look at it over know. and over again and miss it like that one. Because well. I mean, on the big screen there in the stadium, it was clear that that. That Jack went over the guy and did not make helmet to helmet contact, but the big one, of course, was the touchdown that should have been called back because yeah. McCarthy was over on the third, line on third down. What did what did, down. The, what did the official tell you about that? What did you what kind of explanation they, they, did you they, get?
5: Re, re, replay replay confirmed that he was you know that's that's what they say and is. You know, you gotta remember I was the head coach against Tulsa in twenty twenty. Yeah. So Exactly. Uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty scarred. Yeah, you
4: are. You're exactly right. Oh Lord. But I mean I don't you know, everybody in the free world saw that one. And yeah. you know, you you oh, you know, that's why know. we have replay. And they still they still don't get it right. It's crazy. All right. Well let's move on. Let's look forward. Let's talk about this yeah, weekend. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you you get back home now. You're going to have a uh, going to have a home Saturday, four o'clock kickoff. Going to be hopefully great weather here in Greenville, and I know the kids are excited about playing in front of their home fans. I hope we have a huge crowd there. We should. Marshall struggled last week a little bit uh, against the CAA team, and then they found a way to pull it out in the end. But uh, you know, what are your thoughts about Mar? Are they are they primarily a run first team? They
5: are. Yes and no. I mean, it, they threw for almost 300 yards last week, but you know, they have they have maybe the best running back we'll see all year, Rasheen Ali. You know, wow. our fans will remember him from 2021. Uh he had a big game against us in 2021. You know, he took the first play of the game Saturday, 70 yards, and it it got called back on a holding call on one of the wide receivers. Uh but he still had like 130, 137 Saturday. Um, you know, he is, he is a legit guy. Now he's, he's as good as we'll play against. Um, the quarterback, uh, started, you know, took over about midway last year. And, um, I think went like six and one as a starter last year. And then, you know, so he's, he's played a good bit, uh, had a really good game on Saturday, does a good job with the RPOs and the screens and, you know, throwing the play actions. He runs really well. Uh, they, you know, you know, those two guys are kind of what makes them go. Now, they've got a really good receiver, number 10, Charles Montgomery. They have a transfer, a tight end. that's a really good player from Central Michigan, Cade Conley. Uh, but, you know, really it's it's Ali and, and the quarterback, Fancher, that, uh, you know, make them go. But, yeah, they they didn't play to the level of their ability Saturday. You know, I think they were trying to be very vanilla and not show us a whole lot coming into this game because they, they really didn't do much the first three quarters. Uh uh, very sloppy uh, penalties, turnovers, just sloppy play. Uh, got it together in the fourth quarter. Uh, this is a good football team. I mean, this is a nine-win team from last year, with the vast majority of their team back. Uh, and so, yeah, I, you and I both know we're going to see a dang good team on Saturday. They'll yeah. they 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 were saving up for us is what they're trying to do, and, and <laughs> so I expect them to come come in here guns a blazing.
4: No doubt. How do you feel uh after watching your team play one game? I know you're playing against a you know one of the best programs and the best teams in the country, but you know you, you can't you can't replicate that speed and practice and and um, and and just kind of overall kind of performance and and attitude and behavior of your players and all that after watching one game where do you think this team is and where can it go
5: well i i think uh I think we have a very motivated team. I think that we have um, a solid roster. I think that uh, you know, they'll be ready to play Saturday. Um, I think we have to execute better, and I think that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, you can't sit here and pat yourself on the back defensively because you, you know, played pretty good against a really good team. You've got to go out and do it again, and you've got to do it every week. Uh, you can't kill yourself offensively because you struggled against you know, the top defense in the country. Uh, there's no excuse either. You know, we have to execute better. There were a lot of plays there Saturday against Michigan that we should have made catches that we should have made, uh, decisions that we should have made, uh, that would have resulted in a lot more, uh, production than what we got. And so we've just, we've got to improve this week. And then we've just got to, you know, we got to relax and go play Saturday and play with our freaking hair on fire and just, you know, play the way we want to play. Um, and if we, if we do that, now, it's going to be a barn burner uh, because when I tell you this is a good team coming in here, this is, this is going to be a dogfight Saturday. Um, you know, if we play the way we're capable of playing, it's going to be one of those games that, you know, hopefully we find a way to win it in the end. And our fans are talking about it five years from now being one of those, you know, great battles and, and, and epic games in Dowdy Ficklin. So uh, we're going to need our fans on Saturday uh, it's going to be a great day for college football. And, uh, you know, we're really excited for it. And the kids, the kids are hungry for it. They they want to get back out there and, and be the team that they know they can be.
2: Coach, uh, speaking of turnaround games, uh, the 21 matchup at Marshall, three touchdowns for the Pirates in the last seven and a half minutes, that doesn't mean anything Saturday. But I think when you just look at the trajectory of the program overall, I said last night, and I, and I really do believe it, not only did that turn your season around, in 21, but I, I think that was a bit of a turning point for the program.
5: Well, you know, you had, you had the SMU game to finish 20, which I thought was kind of a, you know, statement game for us. Uh, and then you had, you know, you had the, the, the close losses to start 21, you know, with app and South Carolina. And uh, so it it was a, it was a needed win in, in 21 and to win it the way we did um, certainly made it a, a dramatic victory and one that uh, you'll never forget. And uh, you know it did give us momentum that uh, turned into a, you know a, a, a great season and bowl, bowl eligibility again for the first time in forever. And uh, so it's you know great memories of it. But uh, I think that's I think that's the kind of game you're going to expect on Saturday. You're going to you're going to expect a, a, a dogfight back and forth. And I think these two programs, anytime we play, it's probably always going to be like that.
4: Coach Mike Absolutely. Houston, this morning. Thank you, Coach, for your time. Um, Good luck on Saturday. Go Pirates. We uh, we appreciate your hard work, and we appreciate it when you take a few minutes with us on Tuesday mornings. It's a, it's a joy to have you on. Good to talk to you.
5: Thanks a lot. I appreciate you guys. All Go right. Pirates. All right. Go Pirates.
3: And that was Coach Mike Houston from earlier today on Talk of the Town with Henry Hinton and Patrick Johnson. On the other side of this timeout, we'll be back with more of the Tuesday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show and today's Pirates Report. The Pirates had their first football game over this past weekend, and Mason Garcia started the game. Then Alex Flynn came in. Then it was back to Mason.
0: This is the Pirate Report on
3: 94.3 The Game.
0: Brought to you by our Pirate partners, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and x Vita Crystal Coast.
3: Last night during the ECU coaches show, Coach Houston gave his thoughts on Mason's first half performance. I
0: thought Mason um,
5: started off a little worried about making the big mistake and I didn't think he was aggressive enough early.
3: Coach Houston did seem more happy with Mason's second-half performance. I think
5: Mason came in in the second half and was like a different kid. I mean he was the Mason I've been seeing. Uh, He understands exactly where uh, he has to play better there at the beginning of the ballgame and you know if you're gonna be the guy you got to get used to being the guy but there is no way to get used to it until you do it and uh, so you know, I, I, I think there's positives that both of them had. Uh, I really like the way Mason was decisive with the football in the fourth quarter. Um, and, you know, you saw him, I mean, you can look at the throws in the first quarter and look at the throws in the fourth quarter. In the first quarter, he was not stepping into it. He was not letting it rip. You know, the, the, he did not have the zip on the ball that he normally has. Fourth quarter, he had it just because he was being decisive. And so I think he's going to grow from this performance. Uh, I expect him to play much better this week.
0: Have you noticed he's in his own little happy hour? We're back to the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game.
2: This is the happy hour
0: program. Here's the P-Man.
2: All right. uh, Thanks to uh, Mike Houston for joining us earlier for the Houston Huddle. Again, brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy. Let's jump into our pirate report.
0: And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, ninety-four-three, The Game.
2: All right, uh, we're hearing from uh, Dustin Hall.
6: He talked about uh, being in on his first game with uh, his new teammates. It was electrifying, honestly. I mean, these guys have opened me with welcome arms ever since I've been here. So um, just getting a chance to play with those guys for the first time is pretty exciting. Uh, All right, more from uh, Dustin, who uh, talked about uh, how he thinks the O-line played as a whole at Michigan. I think it went good. That was our first true time playing as five. I I mean, um, that was a first start for two players, our left guard and our right guard. So um, I thought we did pretty well, considering the fact that we've never played together.
2: Yeah, and I think that's a point, Pilk, that uh, needs to be made. You know, we we got a lot of people crushing Mason Garcia, uh, and I mean, not a bunch of just idiot message board cowboys uh, and cowgirls, to be politically correct. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the same idiots that crush the play calling. I mean, just it's 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 a tired trope at this point. With with you know, just the perpetually discontented. But um. This offensive line was going against probably the best defensive front in the country, and they had never played a snap together before. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it just was a uh, – Stephen and I were talking about it last night. You could take some positives. I think you could really take the the, the defense as a real positive. But I just – I don't uh, – you know, offensively, that, that that's that was a different defense Higher, it was like an NFL, you know. Henry said in the interview, an in NFL offensive line. It's like an NFL defense last night or last week, uh, uh, this weekend that the Pirates are going against.
3: Yeah, I agree. It was. And, you know, the big thing that people aren't talking about, they let up no sacks. When at all yeah. this year will Michigan not have a sack? Probably just right. once. And, you know, Mason and Alex both had to get used to communicating to all these offensive linemen because they've never had to communicate with them in a game atmosphere. So when you're having to do that and then worry about playing, uh, that's a lot.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, all right. More from Dustin Hall, 6'4", 297-pound, big ugly. A grad transfer out of South Florida. Here is uh, what he thinks about the offensive line and how it will improve from week one to week two
6: there's plenty to get better at. I mean, we left a lot of stuff out there, um, but it takes all 11. So uh, the five up front, I think, will grow tremendously this week.
2: Uh, We also have uh, Hall saying he's excited to play his first game as a pirate in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium.
6: Uh, Very excited. Um, I remember it was a Thursday night game, super, I mean, Conditions were terrible. It was raining, and somehow this place is still electrifying. So I'm excited to see what good conditions and uh, Saturday football game bring.
2: Yeah, good conditions. Right now, there's a pretty good chance of rain uh, coming up. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully, the conditions will work out, and hopefully, things will be uh, good. But uh, we will see. Uh, it's a uh, it's a tough uh, it's a tough weather putt it looks like near the end of the uh, week so uh, we'll see how that will impact things All right, uh, this is uh, rather a haul on the new offensive line coach Mirage uh, coming in and how that's helped things
6: it helped a lot I mean a lot of the verbiage is the same I mean plays are going to be different but at the same time they're all similar Um, he's done a great job even with these young guys I mean helping us all transition together to play as five so it's been good
2: Uh, Also, we have uh, Hall here on liking center more than guard.
6: Honestly, I I love being in the middle. I like the control of it. I like to – you kind of have a pace of the game. I mean, nothing can happen until you snap it. So, I kind of like the ability to slow it down, get everybody on the same page, and let's go. Pilk, you were uh, a receiver, if I recall, in football, right? Correct. Yeah,
2: I played center. Uh, and I like playing center. I didn't like playing guard. I like playing center. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed that because I was uh, um, not as tall. You might have noticed this yeah. as some of the other people.
3: Yeah. Well, hey, you get to touch the ball every play. Nowadays, the center is the only one who touches the ball every play. Back then, I think the center oh, and true. the quarterback did. That was before Dan Henning invented the Wildcat. But uh, – <laughs> You know, now, <laughs> now we had now a few
2: plays cool. where we'd snap it to the running back. There, there you were a go. Few, there you go. There were a few you guys plays, were ahead of your time. Uh, um, let's see here. What else do we have? Uh, Bobby, be, be, bop, bop, bop. Um, I, I, people are just blowing me up right now. It's crazy. Uh, Taylor Jackson on the experience of playing in the big house.
7: I thought it was a great experience and great opportunity, especially to start off against the number two team in the nation just to see like what we need to correct and what's things that we need to fix and develop. But it was also a great experience for like a lot of guys, transfers that haven't been here and we just playing together.
2: Uh, More from uh, Taylor Jackson on what the team needs to improve
7: on this week. Obviously getting off the field on third down that's always big and that money down is just something that we pride ourselves on. So we're definitely going to do a better job this week, but um, third down and rushing the passer. Uh, let's see here. Uh,
2: more from Jackson on uh, going from sitting behind great players to now becoming a starter at lineback, linebacker. It was kind
7: of great, but it was like I know I had to keep my um, head high at all times and always like keep working. I, I also learned a lot from them guys, like their mistakes and positives. So it was just good being with them and getting the experience. And like um, now, I'm just taking that leadership role, and it's like. It's kind of a little bit different but i'm getting used to it I, I mean i just work hard and my guys follow me so
2: couple quick from marlon gunn here on how the offense needs to improve after week one
7: i feel like we just have to cut like most of the penalties down and just you know just focus on like the mistakes that we made like try to work on those going into this next game because Michigan game is like, you know, pretty much beat ourselves, you know, like it was more things that we could have worked on, and, you know, like drop balls, just everything. So I feel like, you know, just get back to the drawing board and just watch that film and just learn from it.
2: And Marlon Gunn talked about Javius Bond's first game in a pirate uniform.
7: I feel like his first game, he showed up. Like he was ready. He had, you know. Not many mistakes, but, you know, I mean, if he did have mistakes, you know, his freshman mistakes, you know, so we could always correct those. But I feel like he did, you know, a real good job, like a real good job.
2: Awesome. All right. Great stuff there. Philip uh, the ref, Pilkington with the 94 3 the game sports update and pirate report. And when we uh, come back, uh, we will uh, have Keith Morehouse. We'll talk about Marshall. Some uh, breaking news from today on the injury front for ECU. Here's Pilk with that.
3: Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your ninety-four-three. The game pirate report. It was announced today by head coach Mike Houston that Kerry King will miss the rest of the season with an injury.
5: Unfortunately, Kerry is out for the season, and it's—I'll uh, tell you what—that one breaks my heart. Now, uh, that kid has worked his tail off; uh, had put himself uh, in a position to start. Uh, he would have started Saturday for worse against Michigan. Um, had had a great preseason, um, and it, it was just a freak one of those freak deals and uh you know so right now he's you know biggest thing with 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 him right now is just trying to make sure he stays in a positive place mentally he'll be back um, but not this year
3: and more positive news on the Pirate Athletics front, sophomore middle blocker Carlina Northcross has been tabbed as the American Athletic Conference volleyball defensive player of the week in big thanks to her 13 block performance against Appalachian State on Sunday, a single match school record. The new AP top 25 rankings are out for college football, the top 5 are in this order: Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Florida State, and Ohio State. Two new teams found their way into the top 25, that is Duke at 21 and Colorado at 22. And the two teams that they replaced were TCU, who obviously lost to Colorado, and Iowa fell out despite a win over Utah State. Moving on to the NFL, Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey has hyperextended his knee at practice. It is uncertain whether or not he will play in Thursday night's contest against the Lions, and right after that injury, Vegas moved the line to six and a half, down to just five in favor of Kansas City. That'll do it for your through The Game Sports Flash update and Pirate Report, we'll be joined by Keith. Morehouse from Marshall on the other side of this time out. We are, we are, we are riding
0: shotgun with you on the drive home. It's go time. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on ninety four three. The game. Pirates and
2: Thundering Herd coming up on Saturday. It'll be a 4 o'clock kick, 4.02 if you want to get specific. And uh, 3 o'clock on the ECU Sports Network. We'll have our coverage beginning at 1 outside of the Town Bank Tower. Fort Game Day 2.0. We hope uh, and we anticipate our next guest will uh, slide on by and say hi to us, as we always like when he does. Uh, Keith Morehouse, one of the great gentlemen for years and years and years, has covered the uh, Marshall Thundering Herd. He put together an amazing documentary that uh, aired here in eastern North Carolina a few years ago to commemorate the uh, 50th anniversary of the aviation tragedy. His dad was the announcer for Marshall, and uh, he was uh, unfortunately on uh, on that plane that fateful day where Marshall had played at ECU. So, we're going to talk about the matchup and just catch up with uh, Keith Morehouse. Keith, how are you?
1: I'm good, Patrick. How are you? Thank you for having me, as oh, always. Yeah, it's always great, great to talk.
2: You. Yeah, we always love talking to you. And, uh, you know, I think uh, you're probably like I am. This is uh, this crazy world of college sports gets crazier, doesn't it?
1: It does. And, and funny you say that with all the realignment and uh, which. Uh, kind of makes you weary having to read about it and hear about it all the time. Um, I was telling somebody the other day, uh, because of the circumstances between these two schools, I said, you know, it's kind of nice when you can play a game against a a team that's kind of considered a rivalry over the years, but it's a a friendly rivalry for a lot of reasons. And so when you can go into an environment where you know that people understand, uh, you know, each program and where they came from and, you know, the commonalities between them. It's kinda it's kinda neat in this day and time because with all this uh you know, stretching of the map and everybody going places where they probably shouldn't go, uh, it's it's really cool to see two teams that, you know, have a nice relationship getting together on the football field and I feel like that with East Carolina and Marshall.
2: You know, I, I think it's great that there is a Regional, uh, the the the, the histories there certainly, but there's a at mm-hmm. least a regional appeal to this as well. It's easy uh, by and large for the fan bases that want to travel to travel uh, to either location, and uh, I think it's, I, I I I really hope they will continue to play and play fairly frequently. I, I don't know if we're in the world now where you can play every year, but I think this needs to have some regularity to it.
1: Oh, I absolutely agree. And, and, uh, you know, just a couple of years ago when, you know, the big contingent of former players from that 70 team came up and visited the memorial at the ceremony, and, of course, that game was crazy. It was 42-38, I think, and uh, Marshall had a big lead, and East Carolina came back. I mean, just the passion between the two programs, um, to me it it kind of uh, embodies what college football is all about. So why, why not play it? Like you say, you probably can't do it every year. You're in two different leagues. But when you do get together, it's, it's special. And I, I know the fan base up here feels it. And I feel like uh, a lot of people that I run into down in Greenville and beyond feel the same way. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it's a, it's a great game to play, and, and I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad it's continued.
2: We uh, have that great marker outside of the stadium, the Marshall Memorial plaque uh, at Dottie Ficklin Stadium. Do you go by and, and take a peek at that every time you come to Greenville?
1: Oh, I sure do. I, re- I remember when they put it up for the first time, and yep. I was there. And uh, really, um, what a gesture! I, it's hard to put into words. You know, for a school to put that kind of effort, and you know, it's it's not just a sign. It's a it's a beautiful bronze plaque, and to do that and and, and put that permanently on your stadium. I mean, that says a lot about the the uh, relationship between the two programs and the commitment from East Carolina to remember that team and that day. And I can't really put into words what it means to those of us who lost someone that day. And uh, I know the Marshall fan base feels the same way. And as as they whoever however many come down on Saturday, they'll they'll make sure they go by that visitors entrance and take a look there. And and that's that's uh, it's quite a tribute, and I, it's it's very humbling to see it every time I go down there for sure.
2: Is, is it part of the game day ritual? Uh, Keith Morehouse, by the way, is with us. Keith is a, a sports anchor up in Huntington, West Virginia. He is, uh, if you ever go to Huntington, you got to kiss the ring. I'm just going to say that. You got to go see Keith because you're nobody in Huntington if you don't see Keith uh, Morehouse. But do you, uh, do, do people, is that the memorial there, which is uh, really stunning as well? Do people, uh, is that part of their game day ritual or game day trek?
1: Uh, for for are you talking about the one up at the cemetery? Or the right. The yeah. On well, well, the
2: one on campus, or, or you know whatever the memorials are there. That, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You 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 make a good point. A lot of a lot of fans do when let's say you know uh, alumni have moved away and they're coming back for a game, uh, and now they've got kids in tow, and they, you know, they'll bring their kids by the fountain and, and show them that. And I've seen a lot of a lot of people um, go up to the memorial uh, that's at the cemetery and they'll do that like game day and, you know, lay stuff at the at the footstone of, of that memorial, just, you know, some martial gear. I, I know uh, Frank Beamer did it with Virginia Tech one year oh, because, wow. uh, yeah, Virginia Tech had a, a, a martial coach, uh, Frank Lauria, was an All-American a Virginia Tech a player, and Frank Beamer knew him, and he perished in the crash. And, and Frank specifically had his detail go up by that cemetery, which was really, really nice gesture too. So, yeah, you do. You see people that, um, you know, do it just to, to to maybe show people that haven't seen it before. And then also to pay their respects as if they're on campus for a weekend and they're not, you know, they don't live here day to day. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you do see people that make a habit of it on, on game day weekends to go by.
2: When you talk about martial football, this is a, a part of it. The two programs are linked, but uh, there's been some pretty good moments and some uh, championship teams, 600 victories. Now, this last one was not easy, we can get into that in a minute, but I mean, wow, when you look at, when you think about that, 600 wins, it's pretty impressive.
1: Well, it is, and, and you know, a lot of those wins, uh, Patrick, came well after, you know, the teams that struggled in, and you know, the 1970 team, in fact, was a team that was supposed to be a, the one that turned the corner because they had their struggles, the program in the 60s and 50s, and so, you know, when they – went up to the one double a level or not went up, but when they were reassigned to the one double a level and then in the nineties, the you know, began their climb. It's, it's been quite a story, you know, to watch them go to where they had been to where they are now. And, you know, bowl games and one AA championships and blast year winning at Notre Dame. I mean, that that's the kind of yeah. thing, Patrick, that when, when I was growing up, you watched Prudential college scoreboard and you saw Notre Dame games and highlights and never in your crazy imagination did you think marshall would ever play notre dame and you sure as heck never thought they'd ever beat them in south bend so to watch something like that happen last year you know it just shows where the program you know could have packed it in but you know a lot of people paid a lot of prices to to keep that thing alive and and then you see the you know you see the rewards when you see them play you know the big programs and they'll go to east carolina there'll be forty five thousand people there screaming on saturday you know it's it's uh It's somewhere I didn't think that the Marshall program could ever get to, and to watch them do that, it's it's been rewarding, and it's certainly been fun to cover, that's for sure. Yeah,
2: I bet. Uh, Keith, where was the turning point uh, from, you know, having to just try to get something going uh, after in the wake of the tragedy to to where, you know, there was this upward
1: climb? That's a great question, Patrick. You know, they they made it to the 1987 uh, 1AA National Championship game, in Pocatello, Idaho. And they 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 lost uh, to uh, Northeast Louisiana. They had a quarterback named Stan Humphreys who played in the NFL. And it was a big game. They lost 43-42. Uh, but th- they had never been to that level. And then four years later they built the, the stadium where they are now. And then in the ni- early 90s, you know, they hired Jim Donnan, who went on to coach at Georgia. And Donnan wins their first national championship in 92. And then he goes to Georgia, and Bob Pruitt takes over in '96, and that's when Randy Moss gets there, and so Moss gets there, and then he's with Chad Pennington for one year, and then Pennington, Moss, and Pennington both are Heisman finalists. Then after uh, Chad Pennington, Byron Leftwich comes by, and of course he had a great uh, career at Marshall, goes on to the NFL, and you know Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator with Tampa Bay, and so th- that you know that 15 year run there they had from from '90 to you know 2003 or four. Uh, really kind of solidified him as a, as a player, and they've they've kind of kept it going. I mean, they've had some tough seasons here or there, but you know they've uh, you know the, the pride that the community and the fan base has in, in Marshall is is evident, and you know the program really is is a, a great story of you know maybe the little mouse that roared you know back in the day they didn't have that capability right and so they have you know like i said to go to notre dame last year and to do that it just you don't even fathom that you know 40 years ago so it's just been a it's been an interesting climb and fun to watch and uh you know it's uh, a testament to a lot of people to keep that thing going and to, to pick it up even better than it had been
2: the sixth time west virginia sportscaster of the year Keith Morehouse, sports anchor with uh, WSAZ in Huntington, is uh, with us uh, here. We'll probably get a little more into personnel uh, just for the sake of time when when you pop by mm-hmm. on uh, Saturday. Although, uh, okay, uh, you know Ali Rasheen is it's probably going to be the best running back East Carolina faces, and that includes the two guys that they faced last weekend in just Ann Arbor. saw last week. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, in fact, it's funny you mentioned that. I asked him about uh, shop today about how uh, the, the ECU defense took care of Blake Coram and the rushing attack, and he said, "Oh, it was noticeable. I mean, he he knew it." And uh, yeah, Rasheen Ali is a uh, he's a tremendously talented guy. 1,400 yards and 23 touchdowns his freshman year just came out of nowhere, um, and then got hurt last year and didn't play until the last two or three games. But he's now without his knee brace, and and uh, he showed that burst last week that he had his freshman year and uh you know maurice claret former ohio state star uh tweeted about him that Mm. that he's one of the best one of the best running backs in america and he's he's a star and so that's obviously one of their biggest weapons on offense and he got untracked a little bit last week and you know won't be as easy against that ecu defense i wouldn't think but he's he's got a, a good attitude and even said that to us last week that the entry kind of gave him perspective, you know, you kind of take things for granted in life and not having the game for, you know, half a year, even more than that made him appreciate it. And so he, he takes things more seriously. And coach up said he's even noticed how much more mature he is. So he's a, he's quite a player and it'll be interesting to see how he fares against that defense.
2: And Owen Porter's coming off uh, a career high in sacks and including the game clinching sacks. So, the defense really stepped up, uh, but Porter's a handful, too.
1: Yeah, he is. He's, he's a guy, Patrick, that could have gone last year, transferred out. Yeah. So there were a lot of teams that – you know you know the story these days. Um, so, when you can keep a guy for five years – he's a local kid. Played at uh, high school, just Spring Valley High School, not far down the road. And uh, when you can keep a guy who's, who's an all sunbelt performer, you know, and uh, all-conference guy has a shot if he wants to maybe at the next level level probably not on the defensive line but maybe as a linebacker kind of a hybrid player but when you keep a guy like that and he stays with your program he automatically becomes a fan favorite and he's just a he's just a monster he's got a motor uh he takes the game very seriously and he just uh he's a competitor he's one of those guys that you don't ever have to worry about the effort you get out of him and that's way he plays you know week in and week out so he's He's quite a player for him on the defensive side, yeah.
2: Keith, safe travels. We're looking forward to seeing uh, you down here on uh, Saturday again, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a nip-and-tuck affair. So uh, let's uh, let's enjoy it.
1: Hey, I always appreciate my trips there, and don't take them for granted. I, I, I'm looking forward to it, and I will stop by and see you on game day. How about that?
2: Awesome. We look forward to it. Thank you, Keith. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah, there he goes, the great Keith Morehouse. Uh, Keith's just one of the uh, one of the great guys uh, that you'll meet, one of the great guys in the business. And uh, we'll, we'll welcome Keith. Looking forward to having him on. I think Renee Ngole is going to join us from our Fort Game Day location. He'll be here uh, for ESPN U calling the uh, game for uh, the worldwide leader, Pirates and Thundering Herd. So looking forward to having uh, Renee on. We're going to try to get him on sometime this week, too, see how all that kind of works out. But uh, Rini, a great uh, admirer of Coach Houston and the Pirates, and is one of the really, really good guys out there. Okay, uh, we'll take a timeout, and when we return, we'll uh, wrap things up, get you set for tomorrow. And now,
0: the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game.
2: All right. uh, We're getting ready for a little uh, departure here. We'll be back tomorrow. It's already midweek. I like it. Already midweek. We're going to have for you uh, Doug Martin tomorrow. We've moved him to Wednesdays uh, during the football season. And I don't know if we're going to have Reney or if we're going to have uh, Julio tomorrow. We're going to have one of the two on with us. Uh, tried to get a lot of the uh, ACC media brethren on uh, today because I-, I think what Duke did last night was phenomenal, but uh, a lot of those guys were uh, busy covering stuff to 2 or 3 in the morning, so uh, that kind of uh, prevented some of that. I did talk to some of them on the phone or text today, but uh, couldn't work it out to get anybody on the show, but I think that is... Uh, I think Clemson might be in some trouble. Uh, I'm supposed to see him in a couple weeks, so we'll see. All right, uh, big thanks to uh, Keith Morehouse, Coach Houston, Philip the Ref, Pilkington, and our entire crew. Great job uh, out there hustling, getting the cuts, and getting everything prepared up for the show today. Uh, back in the morning on Talk of to the Town at 7 a.m., 96.3, 103.7, and back here at 5 o'clock tomorrow. On another hot day. Too hot. It's the second, what is this, the second or third summer? Five o'clock tomorrow, Patrick Johnson Show. Hey, this is Hank Hinton, and I want to tell you about my friends at
5: Greenville Appliance and Mattress.